You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Join Sharon as she discusses the human experience of creating and maintaining relationships of all kinds, from friendships to family and everything in between. And now, here's Sharon. You are listening to another episode of Ship Talking. I'm your host, Sharon, joined again by Nicole Qualen, who was with us last week talking about Two Families Law, her collaborative law practice that aims to help families who want to divorce outside of the court system. So we've put together some Q&As from social media and listeners. So Nicole, I'm just going to throw these questions at you. Does that work? That's awesome. Bring it. Okay. I didn't even say hello and welcome back. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Sharon. Hi. I'm excited to hear these questions. Okay. So first one is, what advice do you have for when emotions are running really high and you're working through the mediation process? Yeah. I mean, that's like kind of the cornerstone of being able to divorce outside of court is can you get to a place of being able to have a a difficult conversation with like some of the most intense emotions you could feel? Um, Okay. what What is some advice? Well, one is that in the collaborative process, you have two attorneys who are trained in like all sorts of Zen communication and (laughs) stuff there with you. And really that's like so huge. I mean, I do this work every day. I've taken all of the courses and in my own life, I still have trouble like maintaining my own emotions when my kids, you know, spill cheese. It's all over the floor. Um, (laughs) so having a third party there is super helpful. Um, breathing and body things, you know, like, um, feeling into your body, what's going on and, and mindfulness kind of work. Another one, these are super easy, but one of my favorite tricks that I use is taking breaks. So we do collaborative divorce with two spouses and two attorneys, and I will take like three or four breaks in a two hour session if needed. Because if you get hit with a question about your kids that triggers you, you just can't calm down in that moment. So we like take a break we used to go into another room. Now we go into a zoom breakout room. Um, (laughs) just take a break and breathe and, and let your nervous system calm down. It's very like, um, nervous system related. It sounds you're even making it sound you're making talking about divorce sound relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) You should come try it, Sharon. (laughs) For fun. I can tell you're, you're you're a natural at this. (laughs) I kind of love it. What are some of the most common causes of divorces you see? Oh, common causes. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing that I want to write a book about, but I um, still struggle to know the answers myself. Okay. So real talk, this is what I say to my girlfriends when they ask me, like most of my girlfriends are married and they want to stay married very much. And they say, what can we do to not be in your office? And I, I work with like, a demographic that's kind of specific. I work with a lot of younger people, like younger than 50 and, um, a lot of people with graduate degree type folks. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot, a lot of the marriages that I see have broken down because of norms, expectations, and ideas about marriage that don't make sense. And a lot of them are gendered. Um, so I see a lot of exhausted women 
who either have kids or don't, who feel like they are responsible for all of the housework or the childcare or the logistics and the remembering of the birthdays, and they feel neglected and unheard. Um, and I feel like we just can't keep up with the idea of marriage that was created around like a 1950s system of one man, one woman, one working man, one isolated woman that stays home with the kids, a man who has like a removed relationship with his children um, and doesn't have a whole lot of expectations about what he needs to do other than not cheat or hit his wife. It just hasn't evolved and people are exhausted and disillusioned. Um, yeah, that's, wow. that's, that's so sad. <laughs> it's really sad and it's totally <laughs> a secret because those same people got married two years ago you know, with graduate degrees and like how the world works. And they also thought I can get married. I need to be smart. I need to be loving. I need to listen. I need to talk. And it just doesn't, doesn't quite work for all of these reasons. So I think it's a lot about the norms, the expectations. Have you ever had clients where you've started these conversations and they've been able <laughs> and they pulled away from the divorce. Has that ever happened to you? That is like the other most common question I get. And I have never. So in my collaborative practice, I've had zero people who have been there or even close. Um, there are one or two families in the back of my mind that I really saw that they still had, um, real love for each other. And I kind of thought maybe they could get back together. But no, and some what people do say to me sometimes is like, oh, maybe if we had learned some of these communication skills earlier, it would have been different. Um, but what I see are like really well-meaning people who are way past their limit and they, really? they can't go back. They've been so hurt. Um, things are so broken. So no, I haven't. Um, and that's interesting. That's why I think a lot of it is structural. It's not like, oh, these people just need to go to therapy. Oh, they just need to learn how to talk to each other. It's like these people have fundamentally been unable to thrive in their marriage. And the only way for them to thrive is to leave the marriage. So you've just touched on the next question that I had, which was, why is divorce so hard? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot about why is divorce so hard. Like the first thing that comes to me with why is divorce so hard is like, there's this amazing um, family law professor at NC Central who said this in a really cool way that I'll... I'll just like paraphrase what she says is the family is like the nucleus of our life. Like the center of every human being socially is your family. You were born in a family. You were raised in a family. That's where you got your primary values and ideas. And then you build a family and it's the people who take you to the hospital and the airport and the people that you grow around and divorce is the shattering of that nucleus and everything is affected. Your income, wow. your house, your children, your days, your holidays, your future, your dreams. It's just this huge explosion. So that's really hard. That's really hard to do. And I've done it twice now where, you know, I've blown up my home, my social circle, my routines, etc. Um, and it's really hard. And then the law, like the law makes it hard and in some ways because it has to be and in some ways because we don't have a great legal system. <laughs> That's an incredible analogy. So you said divorce is the 
disruption. Say it again. The nucleus of our, say that again. <laughs> I wish I had this. So, um, I, and I don't know her name, but there's a, fa- a family law professor at NC central who's been teaching there for years. And she puts this in, um, amazing Durham lawyers. Um, a family is the nucleus of our life. You know, if our life is an atom or whatever, it's the very center. And when you blow up the center, the central institution of your life, everything is affected. Um, yeah. So that's why it's so hard. It's so hard. All right, Nicole, we're going to take a pause right there. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you for listening to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. We'll be back with more after this on 97.9 The Hill. And now back to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Once again, here's Sharon. Welcome back to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. I am your host, Sharon, joined by Nicole. What's up, Nicole? Hey, Sharon. Hello. Nicole is a divorce lawyer with Two Families Law, and she has been answering our questions about divorce. Um, My next question, Nicole, is you, you've been through two marriages now, have your experiences both in your own marriage and in your work tainted your idea of marriage? Yeah. I'm so glad you're asking this question. I said, I, I bet almost everyone I meet thinks that, but no one asks it. Um, (laughs) I'm asking the hard hitting questions on this show. (laughs) You are. And you said it the way people think it, because I think tainted is the word. Like that's probably what my loving judgmental mother would say is like, I think your, your idea is tainted. And I would say my ideas about marriage have been completely transformed. Um, so when I first got married and I was like 23 years old or something and had no idea about anything, I was just like in love with marriage. All I wanted was a wedding and a family and a house. Um, and now after working with hundreds of divorcing families and going through two of my own, truly like one of the most desperate people in the world to make a marriage work. I just feel like I understand how incredibly complex it is. And I, and I would also say there's so much I don't even know because, um, you know, like think about people who have been through marriages where there's an illness or people who've had 40 year marriages. Like I never even got to that. Um, so I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't use the word tainted. Um, but I would say it's totally blown up. And I, now I think of marriage, um, me and my friends say this thing like divorces sometimes always never it's sometimes forever. It's sometimes great. It's sometimes horrible, but it's always a legal transaction and it's always a financial transaction. And that's what you can count on. And the other things, it depends. Um, so when you sign up for marriage, you like may or may not be signing up for a whole number of things, but you're definitely signing up to merge your assets, your house and, and children if you have them. And that's huge. Um, so that's what I think about now. How about, I, I saw some questions about prenups. Tell us your thoughts about prenups. Are they destroying the sanctity of marriage or are they worth it? <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm like, so I'm not huge on prenups. A lot of divorce lawyers say like, Oh, I would never get married without a prenup or like a prenup is the way to save something. But I still think marriage, like 
okay, if I think prenups and postnups are important if there's like a lot of money um, and if there's an imbalance in money, because if you get a divorce without a prenup or a postnup, you are potentially sharing money that was once just yours or, you know, like I said, entering into this financial relationship. Um, but I'm not sure that that changes, you know, the people that come into my office, they're not mad because of, of somebody's inheritance being shared or, um, Mm -hmm. family money, like they're breaking up because they couldn't make the inner, they couldn't find a way through the interpersonal relationship. So, I think prenups are good for rich people, <laughs> uh, but I don't think they're the be all or the end all and certainly not ruining an institution that I think is already so, um, in trouble. Huh? Yeah. That, that might be a unique point of view, but no, that was really helpful. What advice do you have after working with so many marriages that have come to a close? What advice do you have for people who are in the field dating or navigating the beginning of partnerships. We talk, we talked to a lot of people in this show, um, who are on the dating apps or who are just like struggling in that world, um, or just at the beginning of relationships. So what advice do you have for them? Yeah. I listened to one of your episodes about dating apps and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm never going on a dating app. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm here to help you navigate that if you ever choose to. <laughs> okay, please. I, I keep telling my friends, I, I just need someone to do it for me. Gotcha. Um, I would love Sharon to have an episode with like someone in their twenties and to like yes. talk about divorce with someone as young. What advice would I have? I mean, I feel like the things that I would want to say, I have a 25 year old sister who's like incredibly mature and wise. And when I think about like, what are the things that I would want her to know before she commits to a marriage? I feel like people in that phase or age literally cannot hear the things that I would say, like, right. (laughs) Right. Like there's a 50% chance this will end think about your assets. Like I see this when I do prenups, people come in one month before their wedding and they're like, Hey, we just need to get this thing done. We're getting married in a month. And after this, we're going for a a cake tasting. I'm like, okay, there's your, your like emotional life will not take this in. (laughs) So this is like such a nerdy answer, but really the things I want to see are just like structural change about marriage. And I think a lot of it, a lot of it is about gender. Like I would want to go into high schools and speak to girls and say, y'all marriage is not going to save you. Marriage is not the end goal. Marriage is not the way to have a great life. Um, and marriage tends to be better for men. And so I think what I would say mm-hmm. to young boys is like, um, marriage has traditionally been skewed in your favor. Um, men who are married live longer. Women who are married have shorter lifespans. Um, it's better for male wow. job security and advancement and then the opposite for women. Um, and those things are all exaggerated when you have children, but they're still there even if you don't have children. Um, so I just want that's to- never, that's never talked. I haven't even heard that. No, nobody knows it. And it's in like a million books. I remember reading it. And I was like, this is so revolutionary. Someone should write about it. And now I'm like, Oh, a hundred people already have written about it, but we can't, <laughs> but it's easier to watch wow. like every, but then if you think about who was I just talking about this with a friend, they were like, yeah, but every single show that you see and movie, even the ones that are supposed to be like, 
questioning the status quo, they still portray love, marriage. That's it. That's the goal. Right. That's happiness. Um, so I think you on the dating apps, I think dating apps, people are lost. I guess, just, no, that's not true. Just be smart. <laughs> be smart. And you can, it's kind of a powerful thing to just be like, okay, maybe I want to get married. Maybe I never want to get married. Let's just like enjoy a relationship for what it is. Um, and I think that's a great perspective if, if people can get there. Yeah. I have a couple a couple friends who have just been together for like eight to 10 years and who are just on the same page. They're just like devoted and committed to each other, but just no interest in getting married. And yeah. that's, yeah, it's so rare, but I love that. It, yeah. It makes so much sense. Totally. I feel like even five years ago, I would have been like, yeah, but why not? And now I'm like, maybe because they're smarter than the rest of us. It's not, it's not the worst thing. And not that marriage is the worst thing either. Like, um, I, I love the idea of marriage and lifelong partnership, but, um, it's just, it's not so simple. All right. We have to pause right there. I have a, a few more questions to throw at you when we get back. Thank you for listening to Chip Talking on 97.9 The Hill. You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. We'll be back with more after this on 97.9 The Hill. And now back to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Once again, here's Sharon. Welcome back to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. I am your host, Sharon, joined by Nicole, who has been answering some listener and social media questions about divorce. Nicole, I have a question for you from my own mind. This didn't come from anyone else. Um, (laughs) What are your thoughts about the idea of trying to save the marriage for the sake of children? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll say that this one is really, um, personal. I have like a personal understanding of this now because I tried so hard to stay together for the kids, um, and put myself through a lot of deep pain, um, because of that idea, because I like couldn't bear the idea of telling my three-year-old, um, that she wouldn't live in the same house with her mom or dad. Like that's just so heartbreaking. Um, but you can imagine that, um, my answer in this profession is that staying together for the kid's sake, like there's kind of no such thing as like, you can stay in the same house, um, and you can stay in the marriage, but really what the kids, their experience is about what do they see? So if they see an unhealthy marriage or an unhealthy divorce, Right. Um, that's what hurts the kids. So you could also have a, an awful traumatic conflicted divorce and have the kids exposed to that. That's terrible for them too. Um, have you heard of this like book? That's all the rage. Um, Glennon Doyle untamed. Yes, I have. Everybody's into it. I love her. And she talks about, um, you know, wanting to stay together for the kids and how, what she needed to do to model for her children, was to show them how to, um, you know, do what's right for herself. And, and she has some line about, I wanted to be in this marriage for this sake, but what I want them to be in this marriage. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's sort of if big picture, what we really want is for our kids to be healthy, happy, well-adjusted and to have their own lives. We need to model that. And yeah, exactly. 
and how, and know how to love. Yeah. 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 And I mean, maybe, maybe some people do think that means marriage no matter what. Um, and maybe someday in my life I'll, I would see more value in that. But right now I say, um, your duty to your kids is to, to find happiness and health. All right. Last question. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So you've been talking a lot about how, how we do marriage in our culture isn't working. <laughs> it's yeah. based off this idea of marriage we had that is from the 1950s and just how it hasn't kept up with how times have changed. And so what would a better idea of marriage look like? Yeah. I love this question and I don't know, but <laughs> these are some things that I would want to play with if I were in a lab and I could rewrite marriage. One is like, do all the socialist things that need to be done. Get childcare that is like paid for and affordable, um, at work and at home, like just give all of these supports to families so that people aren't already stressed out, broke, under-resourced and exhausted. And then I would love to see like some of the exhausted, sad families that are coming into my office, maybe with more support, they would have been able to do something differently. Um, and then I would trash the gender norms. Like it's over. Um, it's no <laughs> longer a dad that works and a mom that stays home. Like we've got all sorts of different kinds of families and genders and work lives. And we need to just start an idea where it's like, okay, here's a person doing what they need to do. Here's another person. How can they both thrive in yeah. the same house. Um, so I would throw away all of the, those old things and then just see what happens. And maybe that's a disaster too, but I do think <laughs> there's something in the human spirit that wants to couple. Um, so how do we, how do we do that in a way that's not so exhausting <laughs> and stigmatized? I'm with you friend. <laughs> All right. That's all we have time for. Thank you for chatting with us. That was super, super interesting. I like hearing you talk. Thanks, Sharon. I like hearing you talk. You're so cool and um, exciting and fun. This is so cool. You're very kind. Do you want to let listeners again know how they can learn more about two families or connect with you if they're interested? Sure. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So anyone, if you're interested in being a client, you can go to our website to familieslaw.com. Um, and there's a contact form there, or you can email Casey, our awesome practice manager at hello at twofamilieslaw.com. And then for people who are just interested in thinking about divorce, healing through divorce, we have Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I think our handle is usually two fam law two spelled out. Um, find us, follow us, um, reach out. We'd, we'd be happy to help or just talk about marriage and divorce. Yep. And we'll link to that in the show notes. So they're easy to find. That's all we have time for today. If you haven't yet follow ship talking on Apple podcasts, cause it's really easy way to listen to us every week. Give us five stars and a review. If you like us also feel free to reach out to us at ship talking at WCHL.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine on 97.9 The Hill. For more episodes, visit the on-demand page of our website, chapelboro.com. She hears them say brand name.